Welcome to the Photography Opinion Podcast. We discuss all things photo, video, and camera related. I'm Ben Lucas. And I'm Stuart Marlantis. And this is PhotoLog. Welcome to the show. As we teased last week, we last week we discussed a whole bunch of different uh, types of photography and kind of how to uh, some tips around those different types of photography. But there was one type that we said but didn't cover, and that was pet photography. And that's because we were giving it its own episode. So here we are with pet photography. Uh, yeah, we gave you a little cliffhanger, but uh, we gotta we gotta connect these shows together somehow, right? So uh, we here do. we are with pet photography. Um, yeah, how's that? Let's sound? actually let's actually start by answering the cliffhanger. So last week's episode was how long is a photo shoot, and we went through different genres of photography mm-hmm. and talked about how long you can expect to spend doing that. Yep. So um, the answer this time is the same as last time. It depends. Yeah. <laughs> um, no. So, are you shooting cats or are you shooting dogs? That's the main question. <laughs> so, I think I think uh, kind of the t- uh, I I'll split this into three different categories. All right. Mm-hmm. Category number one is I ran like a Christmas card like pet photo booth thing at a dog training facility where people just got pictures of their pets. Um, and that was just a very high volume thing. And I think for that one, each person had somewhere between two to five minutes. Like it took a little bit of time to work with them. But once we got a shot that was workable enough, uh, we called it a day and they got their Christmas card and we moved on. So you you can kind of just and the other thing, too, is if they're not ready, they could kind of sit off to the side and there was someone else who was coming in. So you can kind of churn through it decently quickly if you're already set up um Mm -hmm. and you're shooting pets like that um the second kind is if you're doing something for like an animal shelter uh or something where you still have volume but you want to take a little bit more effort i would probably spend 20 to 30 minutes per pet um uh maybe you know 10 or 15 minutes up front of just kind of getting them comfortable and acclimated to you and then trying to let their personality come out whether they're fun and happy and bouncy or what not um and then type number 3 is an actual commission where someone said hi i need you to take pictures of my dog spot and then you're like, cool, we're going to spend the next three to four hours going around to different places and trying a bunch of different things. And you're going to have a whole bunch to choose from. And again, photographers, uh, that when you're doing TPF, value your time. Mm-hmm. But when someone is paying you, your time is not as valuable as the thing you provide afterwards. Like if you're unless you are honestly shooting you know, like hundreds of dogs and you're like, oh, I'm not going to waste any more time on that. Uh, the more variety you shoot, the more prints they are going to buy of their pet because people spend way more on their pets than they spend on themselves. For sure. For sure. <laughs> like absurdly more. Oh, it's yeah. ridiculous. <laughs> well, um, I think we've got a few different... We, we've kind of broken this uh, pet photography thing into uh, a few different categories of, of uh, advice uh, for you. So I think we're going to start with some gear, and then we're going to move into more how to actually deal with the pet itself. So first off is lenses. What do you recommend, Ben? 
Um, so if you look online, everyone's recommendation is going to be like nifty 50 because you can get kind of close to the animal and get the shallow depth of field, which if all you have is a nifty 50 cool, that's doable, but it is workable. And so I'm going to preface this with a terrible picture of a pet is kind of like a terrible picture of a baby. Everyone's still going to love it if it's a cute baby. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and you're going to love it because it's your baby, even though it's four-legged. Um, unless unless your Jen's cat, Izzy, shout out to the three-legged cat. <laughs> um, so, uh, which I did a photo shoot for when she adopted her, by the way. That was uh, took like an hour and a half because if, the cat was incredibly scared of me. If you're but, shooting uh, a tripod, bring a tripod. That's a hot tip. <laughs> Good tip. It really is. Um, no, so if that's all you have, fine. But uh, I kind of don't like those pictures. They seem too, like, banal. Mm-hmm. Um, so my preference is to go to either extreme. So either whip out your 7200 and just rack it to 200 and get as far away from them as you can. Um, and we'll talk about, like, handlers and stuff later. Um, so that you can get, like... 200 at 28 is going to get you a much better perspective and depth of field than 50 at 18. Yep. Like yep. just for far sure. none. For sure. Yeah, I mean you can look at it much like a portraiture of people where I mean like 50's okay, but like 85's better and sometimes 200 is even better than that. So yeah, <laughs> yeah you can t- certainly go into the long end. Um I like wide well i like shooting wide just in general but um as you said the other direction is the Mm -hmm. wide direction and that is really fun too you can go to the extreme extreme wide if you want to get those you know like giant dog nose pictures um that were really popular for a while yeah like a fish eye exactly or you can just kind of be more moderately wide um yeah i i shoot with a 20 mil prime rectilinear lens so it doesn't have the fish eye look but it still gets incredibly wide and then you can get really close to the dog and it doesn't have the like like bulbous nose thing Mm -hmm. but they look cute yeah they look real cute yeah uh, when you get really wide because it makes their head look big and it just they're yeah it's great um so i actually have a perf- like a particular style preference uh the next next category here is lighting mm-hmm. um i have a particular style preference when it comes to lighting each of those uh although before i mentioned them uh lighting a pet is exactly like lighting uh, a human like all of the same rules apply. You don't want them to have raccoon eyes. You want them to have flattering either backlight. Well, backlight will light up all of their fur hairs, which sometimes that's nice. Sometimes that's annoying. Totally up to you. Um, but yeah, pay attention to your lighting, um, especially with pets, because you might not think about it. Um, but my preferences for lighting is when you're shooting really, really long, backlight them and go natural light. Mm-hmm. And so then um, then it'll look like just kind of like, oh, they're glowy and angelic and in this field or whatever. Um, but my preference for when you're shooting angled, uh, actually still backlight them. Always backlight. Mm-hmm. There you go. <laughs> um, but use a flash <laughs> because when they're up close to you, you can hold your camera in one hand and your flash with like a softbox or something in the other hand. Um, and then it just gets that really cool look. Um, and when I shoot wide, I don't, uh, like stop down to 
like 2.8 or whatever, I'm actually on the other side and I'll shoot at like F10, F16, whatever it is. So I can get like the nice like dark blue skies and mm-hmm. and kind of get that cool flash portrait look um, because people don't usually see those photos of their dogs or pets. So when you can take that photo, it just blows their mind. Mm-hmm. Yeah, for sure. Um, not really an equipment thing, but I wanted to really quickly mention this, uh, focus on their eyes. Like that, that's obvious for humans, but some people think you can get away with pets, like focusing different places. You generally can't, unless you're going for something really stylized, like the nose thing, for example, maybe you do want to focus on the nose. If they're licking their nose. Yeah. Yeah. But otherwise, and this goes for wildlife photography, actually in general is focus on the animal's eyes. Um, it'll be a lot, just hugely better as a result. Like mm-hmm. it just, it just seems off if you're focusing anywhere else, unless you're going for a very specific, very considered stylistic um, or yeah. narrative choice. So, um, and actually to that same end, when I'm, when they're very far away from me, I can generally get away with shooting at 2.8. Mm-hmm. But when they're right up next to me, they want to stand up and they want to get in my face and they want to, like, lick the camera lens and they're just kind of all over. So uh, I, I like shooting at F10 or F16 and, and then adding in flash, not just because I think it looks good, but I want to give myself the latitude so they move out of the focus plane. Their eyes are still sharp 100%. Uh, because they are moving all the time and they're moving faster than me or my camera can focus <laughs> and i want to make sure that i get that shot um nothing ruins a sh- perfect shot more than it being out of focus yep definitely and increasingly this is becoming something that's easier and easier to do um a lot of uh newer cameras are starting to include not just eye uh tracking and eye focus for humans but actually eye tracking and focus for animals and it's getting really really good so um this might increasingly become uh easier than it used to be uh but that being said uh stopping down some um and really making sure that those eyes are are bang on in focus is very important it is really important um while we're on the subject of lighting, so if you're doing the outdoor, like, sunset strobe look, obviously you need a light, um, or a flash, rather. But otherwise, uh, I tend to prefer constant lights, because it doesn't spook the animal, and you can motor drive. Yep. Yeah, this is you... this is great for cats. Um, dogs, <laughs> you can handle a little bit more i have a cat by the way so i'm not a cat hater but um dogs are a little bit a little bit easier to deal with and um cats you're really just kind of it's the shotgun approach with cats you're just shooting the cat continuously and maybe a couple shots land (laughs) every every time i shoot cats how it works is owner picks up the cat Mm -hmm. i get ready and i tell them here's your mark set down the cat in three two one and then i just start motor driving and then the cat instantly as soon as its feet hits the ground takes off out of frame and i just hope i got something before it left (laughs) or lays down (laughs) no that, Not in your that'd experience. be great. That would be great. <laughs> I never get that. It's always just get me out of here. Mm-hmm. Um, 
cats don't like me, I guess. <laughs> and they really don't want to look at the camera either. That's a that's a tough one. Like even if they are kind of behaving, they want to look anywhere but the camera. So it's it's often if you're trying to get that kind of eye contact, it's it's often very difficult. But yeah. Um, um so let's actually talk challenge. about getting that eye contact. So mm-hmm. um attention grabbers. And this can range. For cats it might be a laser pointer, for dogs it might be squeak toys. Um, it could be, you know, anything that's shiny or fluffy or jingles. And sometimes for dogs, it's just words that they specifically react to. So if you live in California and you say you want to go to the beach and your dog's ears perk up and you're like, heck yes, I do. Then maybe the photographer saying the word beach will get your dog to zero in on them Mm -hmm. so as a pet owner if you know the things that your dog reacts to and will perk up at then you can use those during the shoot so you have to have a very wide variety of attention grabbers because they all only work once Mm -hmm. uh maybe twice but if you use the same one too often um uh there's a thing in behavioral uh psychology uh what was it a be, uh, behavior extinction mm-hmm. which is um when when an animal is trained to uh, respond to a word um if they stop getting the reward that they were trained to expect then the behavior extincts they will stop doing the behavior because they will no longer associate they it figure it out that. to scam exactly (laughs) exactly it and you can if you get really fancy you can include the attention grabbers in the photo potentially i'm a sucker for like where the dog is like leaping and trying to grab a frisbee or a a ball or something Uh, some of those shots can just be super cool um yeah obviously very difficult to pull off uh but really cool (laughs) um so so uh there even though there might be a better segue here, mm-hmm. one that I definitely do not want to miss out is angle. Yes. Far too many people shoot from their eye level. Mm-hmm. You really need to get down on the ground and shoot at the pet's eye level mm-hmm. or lower. Yeah, or lower or lower. Yeah, um, this is, uh, again, a really common one that you see with people that aren't very experienced with pet photography is is just get on the ground get on the animals level um you're really uh, much like as we keep coming back to like shooting pets is actually more like shooting humans than you would expect and you don't shoot you wouldn't shoot a person except in very specific circumstances from like the equivalent human eye level to a pet um so why would you shoot a pet that way you should be well, on their I mean, eye level that- I see like high school seniors and stuff do that oh, and yeah. like it, because it looks like a selfie or it's kitschy or whatever. But mm. uh no, yeah, it, you're exactly right. You don't you don't do that. And and so the other thing I see people do is like they might kneel, mm-hmm. but then they're trying to shoot like their pet chihuahua and they're still 4 feet higher yeah. than yeah. Yeah, so like literally it, lay on the ground, like mm-hmm. <laughs> on the ground. <laughs> and I actually saw uh, when I was researching this episode, I actually saw one pet photographer that puts knee pads on under their pants. Oh, nice. They're just wearing nice. knee pads the whole time. Mm-hmm. So that's like that's another thing to consider for for gear for you of like grab one of those like gardening pads if you need to lay it down or knee pads or whatever, because you're going to be on the ground mm-hmm. like the mm-hmm. whole time. Yeah. Yeah, if you're shooting uh, livestock or horses or something, 
you can maybe get away with standing up. Otherwise, High level, yeah. get on the ground. <laughs> no, so so when you're shooting wide angle, you definitely need to get on the ground mm-hmm. or lower you, yeah. because you want to shoot up at them to get that big sky. Mm-hmm. Um, but even when you're shooting 7200, you need to get down on the ground to be able to actually get that look. Um, because then you're going across them instead of shooting down into the ground. Like, yep. seriously, get get on the ground. <laughs> Speaking of skies, uh, what do you think about surroundings for pet photography? Their 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 backdrop or their background? Yes. Yeah, so, um, like, whenever I do a photo booth or like a set or whatever, um, you can actually shoot pets on a set. And mm-hmm. the thing is, when people are used to shooting their pets in their home, then sometimes they just want a good, clean, on white, on blue, on pink, whatever, photo of their pet. Or, like, for a Christmas card, we had, like, a fireplace set. Like, there was, you know, there's a time and a place for having an actual studio set. Um, But let's assume that you're talking out on location. Um, My two favorite backgrounds are anywhere where it's big, wide open space where it's 70 to 200. There is enough space between the pet and the background that I cannot see whatever is back there. Whether it is people or trees or parking lot, you would never know because I'm blowing it all out with my 2.8 lens. Um, the other, the other thing that I like is, um, I like to get, um, a little bit on a hill is actually the way I prefer it. So that way when I get down just, not like a steep hill, Mm -hmm. just like a slight incline, when I get down below them, I can actually shoot up at them, which means I can get a little bit of foreground and hill in the foreground. And then if they're at the peak of that, then behind them, There's nothing. There's no people. There's no city buildings. It is just the cleanest, most, like, minimal background you can. Um, If you shoot at a waterfront, you can get kind of the same thing where all you see is water and sky. Because you're shooting wide angle, so any shores or city stuff in the background is going to minimize. Um, I, I just like to keep the focus on the pet. I don't actually like showing backgrounds um, mm-hmm. that much. Yeah, I've occasionally seen a few that I like. Um, actually, tends to be more cats than dogs, um, where they're in an environment, um, you know, like a like a uh, urban environment, for example. Or I've seen some kind of farm environments um, that are that are interesting. But that's less. The focus is then really less on the pet, like it's more on their surroundings. They're a, obviously a part of this narrative in these in this mm-hmm. the setting, but it's less in the pet. Like it's pure pet focused photography um that doesn't really work as well occasionally you can pull it off i'm just i'm just throwing that out there there are yeah. some that are good but i i see more um you know true focus on the pet that is better than i do see really good um if you live in style. europe and your sidewalks are all cobblestone oh yeah oh exactly. yeah. yeah like old yeah just shoot them in the street that'll yeah. be great it looks amazing <laughs> yeah like if you've got um <laughs> Like, I've seen a lot of, like, Japan for this, where there's, like, castles or really cool old, like, narrow streets, and there's, like, a cat or often, like, a Shiba Inu. Um, Yeah, that stuff can look really sweet. But um, (laughs) here in the West Coast of the United States, everything is young, and uh, a lot of it's really ugly and boring. Yeah. So we can't benefit from that. But if you live in a cool part of the world, go for it. (laughs) So, so, um, honestly, I'm trying to think about my favorite uh, pet shots, Mm -hmm. and 
pretty much for every pet shot what I've done is it's either been at the client's home so it's just like their living room or their backyard or whatever mm-hmm. or we just went to a local park and it had enough space that I could blow out the background or um, we found like a waterfront or some like a green front or some kind of thing where there was no like people and distractions behind them um yeah something else you can look for that's kind of cool is if you see any little like rock or boulder or something you can put them on the rock and then and then they're just like so happy up there and then you can kind of get this shot of them kind of sitting up there and every time i see that those look really cool excellent yeah yeah that's that is a great point if you if you have something that part of the environment that very intentionally brings uh attention to the pet that can be really effective so yeah yeah i dig it i dig it so uh there's not a whole lot to say when it comes to gear i think we've kind of covered uh the aspects of like lenses and lighting and how to actually shoot it Mm -hmm. so here here are some tips on when you're actually working with pets and i'm going to focus more on dogs because if you have a cat uh you're screwed (laughs) good luck (laughs) best of luck to you i have no tips for cats uh so yeah tip tips for dogs because dogs listen to you sometimes um so no when you're when you're working with the pet um I like to keep them actually on a leash and Photoshop out the leash later. Um, It is a lot easier to kind of just like get the photo that you need. Um, There's uh, there's like a a really short leash you can get with like a tie down. If you use one of those, then you can get the long 70 to 200 shot without them like running out. Um, running away or something um, and just Photoshop out the leash after. Um, Otherwise you can have their person standing by, but then you probably, uh, you have to use a longer leash because otherwise your leash is going to be going up like through the frame. You want your leash going straight down to the ground and just like disappearing. Um, You can do it without a leash. You just uh, make sure you're doing it in an area that is safe for your pet. As always with every photo shoot safety first. Yep. For sure. Um, so, yeah, when you're working with handlers, uh, one of the things that uh, is annoying that the people will want to do is kind of stand off to the side and their pet will be looking at them. So you're trying to get a photo and the pet's looking over like this and you're like, hey, hey, look at me. <laughs> um so uh, if the person is doing that, have them stand directly behind you and like crouch so their face is like uncomfortably close to your face mm-hmm. so that your pet's actually looking into the camera. Yeah. Uh, One thing also to keep in mind is your own behavior when working with a pet. So uh, one aspect of this is likely this pet hasn't met you before and they're going to be uncomfortable Mm -hmm. and they're not going to know who you are. Um, And so they're going to um, be kind of extra on edge. And, And one thing that animals are particularly good at is picking up on uh on human stress levels human uh irritation if you are stressed and you're irritated even if you think you're not um putting that out there you probably are um to the pet and they're going to pick up on that and they're going to become on edge they're going to become potentially frustrated or irritated or stressed as a result so you need to really this needs to be a very calm environment you need to just relax Mm -hmm. Um, I, I would say one of the, this, this sounds silly, but like, believe that you can get the shot <laughs> and you'll, pro- and you'll relax a little bit more. Like, don't be worried 
about getting the shot. Like you need to just be confident that you can do this, that you can pull mm-hmm. off this shoot, that you can work effectively with the pet. If they feel confidence from you, then they are going to be are going to be easier to deal with and are going to behave um, more in the way that you want. Um, so that is that's huge. Um, yeah. I. I hesitate to say that's the most important thing but boy it's up there like you really need to focus on that so yeah when you're when you're shooting with people like i did a wedding once where um i held the camera up to my face and i went to focus and my thumb just went through the air and i'm like this is a weird sensation what is happening right now why why is my thumb not hitting my camera and i pull my camera down and i look at the back and the little joystick toggle had fallen off my camera (laughs) so my thumb went straight to it and there was nothing there for it to connect to so it was just kind of flinging through the air (laughs) and i look down and I look back up at my client and I realize I can't change the autofocus. It just kind of is what it is. And in my brain, I'm going, <laughs> but, but outwardly, I just said, don't worry about it. This is why I have backups. And I just like grabbed like a backup piece of gear and just, you know, quickly dialed in my settings and we're like, okay, no, we're fine. Yeah. But then the back of my head's like, what the hell just happened to your camera? Um, so they, didn't know what happened. I just said, oh, sorry, one sec. This is why I have a backup. Put it in my bag. It stayed there for the rest of the wedding. Mm-hmm. Uh, it wasn't until I got home that I started freaking out. But even that, a pet would pick up on, even mm-hmm. if humans don't. Because I was freaking out. Mm-hmm. I was just doing my best not to let them know. So it really is a, like, they will see into your inner soul. Yeah. <laughs> like, yeah. they, they will know. And especially if you haven't met them before, uh, you know, work with the owner, um, figure out what they what they are and aren't okay with. I mean, the pet uh, will end the owner, I suppose. You know, a, a lot of the kind of basic things apply. Let, you know, let dogs smell you. Don't make really sudden jerky mm-hmm. movements. Don't like, you know, tower over them or like put your hands really close, you know, from above toward them. Um, that can scare um, any pet. Uh, so, mm-hmm. you know, the, the normal just like good animal behavior things apply as well and and, but definitely check with the owner if they're like hey you know they had an injury on the left side of their face like don't be you know don't mess with that they can get really upset then you know that kind of stuff so just ask questions and absolutely and make sure that you um you follow what the the pet is comfortable with with cats um it can be more difficult uh they are uh, I would say with cats, don't try to make them do anything because they won't do it. And if anything, they'll do the opposite. So like when I'm trying to shoot a cat, um, which uh, since I have one actually tends to be relatively frequent, <laughs> um, but, uh, but, th- but just in general with cats, you often have to intrigue them into doing what you want to do. Then like, asking or demanding like that's not going to work they're just going to run away so like if i want uh my cat for example to come to me if i try to call him or make motions to him that like he that i want him to come to me he'll sometimes he'll listen because he's unusually nice that way but most of the time he will ignore me but if i like get down on the ground and kind of and kind of intentionally ignore him then he'll think oh well i need to come over there i need to see what's going on especially if i pretend like i'm looking at something really interesting or messing with something really interesting on the ground he'll want to come check it out so oftentimes 
with cats and potentially even with dogs um you need to kind of trick them into doing what you want trick them to following your uh following you following your gaze um and then when you've got the cat you know walking toward you then you could potentially get a really good picture of them like really facing you being focused on you so you need to you need to trick them into that um otherwise like i said the shotgun approach uh is pretty much what you have to do with cats um you just need to kind of follow them around or don't follow them around let them wander around you um yeah and go from there uh, oftentimes even with owners they won't necessarily pay attention to the owner um i mean cats are 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 highly highly independent animals they are not generally not pack animals like dogs are so they're not going to look to others for uh for directions so you gotta you gotta work around that and kind of trick them into doing what you want um but even then just stay calm uh cats are very quick to just totally avoid you if you're putting off weird vibes so uh gotta just work through it <laughs> yep um i was just thinking there was this one uh family shoot that i did where they had a doberman mm. and uh very very well trained under most circumstances um we told him to sit sat we told him to look he looked it was amazing um but kind of any time when the camera wasn't like in the when everyone was still if they said okay we're kind of walking around we're gonna do the next thing he would bolt right at me and basically like hit me in the face with his nose um (laughs) because i'm at dog eye level Mm -hmm, of course mm -hmm. and so uh earlier when we talked about um be like be careful with new pets and kind of let them get used to you mm-hmm. part it, it could be getting them used to your presence so they're not shy but it also could be like get let them get their wiggles out yeah. so yeah. that um if if they're like too interested then all of a sudden they're like oh i've smelled you you're you're good i'll mm-hmm. i'll mm-hmm. chill over here now and then you can get the photos you need because if you're trying to get like down on their level and put the camera in their face and they just keep bonking you with their nose like you're not gonna get the photo um, so sometimes, uh, it, it takes time, same tip, but sometimes it's the, it's the opposite way. Mm-hmm. Just mm-hmm. kind of acclimating them to a nice middle point where, uh, you can get more photos. As, as you can tell with a lot of this stuff, um, it really is build in some extra time to be around the pet, figure out what they like, figure out what they don't like. Like this is a, yeah. this is a process that takes time. You're, uh, unless so, you're doing, you know, like you said, some sort of assembly line. Um, if you're working one-on-one with a pet, it's just going to take some time. Yeah. So, so when I said, um, if, if I'm trying to work with a pet, like that 30 minutes of working with like a shelter animal of like the first 15 to 20 of that 30 mm-hmm. minutes is just hanging out with them. No camera involved. Yep. Yep. Um, and then if you're working with, um, if you're working with a person's animal, the first 10 minutes or so is absolutely nothing. And then maybe we take a few photos and we do a break and maybe I throw a ball and then maybe I have to get some photos of them, like trying to come back through the ball. Um, so there's going to be a lot of, of non-photography related things kind of interspersed in that three or four hours that I'm working with them. But if it's, it's kind of like, imagine you had a toddler and you wanted your toddler to do something sustained for an hour. Like, no, mm. they're going to do it for like four minutes and then they're going to want to do something else. It's like you need to build in those breaks to your, to your shoot schedule. Yeah, so. for sure. And always have treats. 
Yeah, uh, certainly for dogs, cats might be less interested. <laughs> um, <laughs> it but yeah, re- some cats but, are into it. But reward them <laughs> and make them feel like it's a good experience, so that uh, when that client hires you to shoot their pet again, the pet will be like, "Ooh, cameras! I love cameras! I get treats when there are cameras." Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. So, um, yeah, hopefully uh, this has helped you and you feel inspired to take good photos of your pets. Uh, this time around, rather than asking for comments, comments are great. If you want to go to the YouTube channel or the podcast app of your choice and leave comments, awesome. Uh, but let's let's try this instead. Uh, email us, uh, hello at photo-op.show, your best pet photo that you took using these tips. And, and uh, t- if you want to give us some snippet of a thing that you applied through this episode to your own shoot... Oh my gosh, we would love to hear that. We would love to hear that that this was actually helpful. So, um, yeah, send us your pet photos. Who doesn't love getting pet photos? Exactly, I mean, right. Honestly, I mean, I I think probably a good I don't know eighty percent of my internet use is just looking at other people's pet photos. So, yeah, I'm into it. I'm I, not. Gonna I could always about see that. more. <laughs> So that's been it for this week. Uh, we hope you found this useful. Um, a last little plug here is we have a Patreon. If you want to help us uh, keep the keep the mics on, um, you can just do a $1 tip jar. Uh, every little bit helps out. That uh, is at my personal uh, Patreon, which is kind of where all of this runs through. Patreon.com slash nomcreative. Um, so that, uh, likes, subscribe, and and all that fun stuff. And next week is going to be episode number 52, and we have a very special yes. kind of one-year anniversary uh, thing coming out. Yeah, we will have been doing this for a year, um, or at least 52 weeks worth of episodes. Maybe not perfectly a, a, a little year. <laughs> over a year. I'm yeah. not sure if there have been a couple of skips or so, but, you yeah, know, pretty close, close enough. Close so enough. we're going to do a year special, and uh, I don't think we're going to tease the content for that one. You're just going to have to show up and listen to it and see what our special episode is It will is still be about. fun and useful <laughs> to you, though. We yeah, promise. Yeah, for sure. For sure. If you have questions or ideas for future episodes, you can email us at hello at photo-op.show. Watch us on Ben's YouTube channel at NomCreative. As in Om Nom Nom. Share this with a friend, and you can listen to Photo Op anywhere podcasts are sold. Or download it. Because it's free.